It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. Welcome back in Fantasy Football Zone. It is PJ. How'd you do week one? Yeah, it was a mixed bag, right? Some guys did good, not so much. But again, week one, nothing to get too alarmed about yet. And we're going to talk with rotowire.com's Jake Latarski. Break all of the week one action down and get ready for week two coming up here in minutes. First, want to go over some things uh, we're looking at for week two because there could be some uh, history-breaking moments coming up in these games. And usually players kind of know that there are things like this on the horizon, so they might up that game just a little bit. We're going to start off with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, one of the fantasy disappointments in week one, but I wouldn't expect that to uh, continue here in week two. Very good matchup coming up against Detroit. Home opener at Lambeau for Monday Night Football. And with at least 98 passing yards on Monday Night Football, uh, Rodgers will surpass Pro Football Hall of Famer John Elway for the 10th most passing yards in NFL history. So he's starting to make his climb up there, getting to the top 10 with passing yards of all time. So just 98 passing yards on that Monday Night Football. Rodgers will be in the top 10. Also, with at least 103 passing yards at Tampa Bay on Sunday, Atlanta quarterback Matt Ryan, definitely looking to bounce back uh, this week, will surpass Drew Brees for the most passing yards by a player in his first 14 seasons in NFL history. And with at least three touchdown passes on Sunday against Las Vegas, Pittsburgh quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the eighth player to join the 400 career touchdown club if he can get those three TDs coming up this Sunday. And with a win against Tennessee on Sunday, Seattle quarterback Russell Wilson will join Pro Football Hall of Famer Peyton Manning as the only quarterbacks to win at least 100 career regular season games in their first 10 seasons in NFL history. So some history performances there by the QBs. Uh, Looking at Darren Waller, this stretch he is on, this is pretty historic, and he's got a chance to make some history coming up this weekend. So dating back to week 15 of last season, it marked Waller's fourth consecutive game with at least 100 receiving yards against Baltimore this past Monday night. So if Waller records at least 100 receiving yards on Sunday at Pittsburgh, he will become the first tight end in NFL history with at least 100 receiving yards in five straight games. And I had to think about that. I'm like, Kelsey, Kittle, one of those guys didn't break that? No. Kelsey had four straight games of 100. Uh, You also had Jimmy Graham on that list and uh, Tony Gonzalez as well. But uh, Darren Waller got a chance to uh, make history coming up this Sunday if he goes over 100-yard marks, would break that tight end record for five straight 100-yard games. And going to talk about this guy a little bit later on with Jake Letarski, but uh, Antonio Brown with Tampa Bay, he has a chance this Sunday to break the record to get to 900 receptions the quickest. And you don't think about maybe the receptions for Brown because, well, the time he's missed the last couple of years, but, I mean, that kind of amplifies how much production he had in those Pittsburgh years prior to everything going on here the last two years. So what he needs this week is nine receptions against Atlanta, which could be doable. He will become the fastest player. It'll take him 141 games to reach 900 career receptions. That will be surpassing Pro Football Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison as the fastest players to reach 900 career receptions in NFL history. And he's still got some games to go. So if he doesn't do it this week, yeah, down the road here in the next couple weeks, it looks like he'll do it. So yeah, definitely Antonio Brown got off to a hot start against uh, Dallas of that matchup and got a very favorable matchup this week against the Falcons. 
Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back in Fantasy Football Zone. Jake Latarski again from rotowire.com joining us this week. And, well, we had week one, and at least that's in the books, right, Jake? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're a Packer fan, it definitely was not an easy pill to swallow here watching Rodgers struggle like that. Um, I think we got to give the Saints defense some credit. Definitely uh, came out stronger than than we expected, of course. And, uh, you know, I, I'm still with, you know, the Aaron Rodgers relax mantra. Yeah. But if something like this or something even close to this happens again on Monday night, then it's probably time to hit the panic button because the Saints, they're a good team. They're a playoff team. You know, they probably caught us off guard. I'd say LaFleur got out coached. They got straight, mm-hmm. uh, straight up outplayed. But if it happens against Detroit, then uh, then we might we might not be able to relax so much anymore. Yeah, and that's kind of leading our takeaways from uh, week one. That trio, I mean, Rodgers, Jones, Adams missing in action. Maybe I took the Saints for granted too because, you know, Breeze is retired. Mm-hmm. You know, the old veteran captain is gone. What are they going to have? Michael Thomas is injured. So, you know, big wide receiver starting out there. I kind of thought, well, I think Packers got this one handled. No, it didn't turn out that way. And obviously, you know, Detroit on the schedule at Lambeau for the home opener Monday night helps. But for you at week one, Mm -hmm. for any of you, you know, you were basing. These guys are top picks off the board, basically, in their position. And Jones and Adams, first rounders in some drafts. And you're like, what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Saints, not only do they not have Michael Thomas, of course, but, you know, you look down their depth chart, Traquan Smith's also on IR as well. So Jameis had to be really selective and efficient. You know, new LASIK Jameis, they say. <laughs> uh, he's not going to throw as many interceptions, no 30 for 30 yeah. here. But, uh, no, they played pretty good. I mean, we'll talk about waiver wire later on, but Jameis is a guy that I think you can trust at quarterback for the meaningful future for the reasonable future here. And then, uh, I mean, you know, the Saints defense, uh, Devontae Adams hasn't necessarily had a full game with Marshawn Lattimore covering him before. And, you know, he, you know, we were lucky Lattimore Lattimore went Mm -hmm. out for a little bit and, you know, they kind of got Devontae going, then he came back in. So, uh, but it, but it was just tough all around, tough breaks. And then, uh, you know, that turnover, that penalty on Zadarius Smith could have turned the entire flow of the game. But, you know, like I said, I'm not putting pushing the panic button. Um, you, you're crazy if you even think about, you know, benching Aaron Jones, Devontae Adam, even Aaron Rodgers this year. This is uh, even after just to put this in perspective, even after such a horrific week one where, you know, Jones got, you know, single a couple fantasy points. We still rank him as the number two back this week against Detroit. This is a yeah. bounce back game uh, if I've ever seen one before. And I saw the meme circulating, too, from uh, November 8th of last year when the Buccaneers got beat by the Saints 38-3. That's been a popular one going around to, okay, don't give up on the Packers yet because, you know, the Saints dominated the team that won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, everybody likes to overreact to week one. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that that's what tends to happen. There's a lot of players that had some down games that I expect to bounce back. I mean, everyone watched Ezekiel Elliott's yes. struggle against a very good Tampa Bay defense here on Thursday night. There are a lot of players, and, you know, I always get, like, Twitter questions week one. Of course, you know, feel free to hit me up if you ever have a yeah. fantasy decision at Roto Jake. But, like, uh, I always get people that, okay, they're, they're like, oh, do I need to trade Ezekiel Elliott for Austin Eckler right now? Or they're like trying to sell, yeah. like sell super low on these guys after week one. And I feel like that's half my job as an analyst sometimes <laughs> to just like talk people off the edge and be like, you don't need to make rash decisions because, you know, the one week you're most focused out of the entire year on your fantasy team, maybe things didn't go so well. You see people trying to uh, clean house on the waiver wire. You know, they, they, they rotate three, four of their rosters over yeah. a nice sneaky tip is to look at all the players players that were dropped on your waiver wire this week. You definitely want to check that out and you can see who people overreacted to. And oftentimes those guys are your league winning pickups, not necessarily 
the the hot waiver wire commodities. Yeah. Though, though there are a few this week, we'll talk about. Yeah. So panic button. You, you hit on Zeke with his matchup against Tampa. We knew that was going to be a tough one going in, but you know James Robinson. That was kind of puzzling, and you find out. What, I, I guess he's not an Urban Meyer guy. I don't know. That was strange with the you know his touches and not getting a whole lot. Derrick Henry's kind of usage in the first mm-hmm. half of that game too. So I mean, there were some like, okay, what's going on here? Situations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the Derrick Henry thing was a little bit weird because they were giving him goal line opportunities and they just didn't yeah. uh they just didn't cash in and then eventually that game flow got out of hand for Derrick yeah. Henry. So, you know, you kind of look at the inver- so so Derrick Henry, that's going to be one of the worst game flows he, he plays all year because I still think the Titans are going to be a a wild card playoff team and they're going to have positive game flows where they're ahead in the fourth quarter more often than not. You kind of look at the inverse of that. Mark Ingram had 26 carries and a touchdown and a bunch of yards. Um but, you know, the yards per carry wasn't great. And that'll be the best game flow Houston Texans see all year long. So don't definitely re- don't overreact to that too much on the waiver wire. It's like the inverse uh, of the Henry scenario. And and the James Robinson thing, he, I'm not ready to go full on panic just okay. yet. But his stock definitely goes down a little bit after week one because I just Urban Meyer, it's, it's inexplicable. He's giving Carlos Hyde a yeah. washed up Carlos Hyde these carries when he has a perfectly acceptable dynamic running back on his roster. So hopefully someone gets that message to Urban Meyer and he can fix that for week two. But if he comes out and starts Hyde or, or Hyde has the bigger carry percentage here, um, you know, that's going to be a situation that I might worry about a little bit. But just to uh, to maybe alleviate that from the owners a, a little bit, I mean, the snap share still went 63% to Robinson, 34% to Hyde. Uh, obviously, the, car- the carry share didn't quite go that way, but the mm-hmm. passing down snaps, especially, those were heavily in favor of Robinson. So, you know, he's still the guy, he's still the third down back, and I think he'll see more carries moving forward. Urban must just still have that Ohio State blood in his uh, veins yep. that he's just got to start that, Carlos that Hyde for it. that for those uh, fan base there. So make that's absolutely happy. the only explanation I could think of. You know, <laughs> one seeing that situation. So rookie wide receivers, uh, week one. You know, we we highlighted Jamar Chase because we both agreed. I don't, think, yeah. you know, his. I don't know how <laughs> he's going to do this year. He has a big week mm-hmm. one. Five catches, 101 yards, touchdown. He had big 51 yard play in that game against the Vikings. Jalen Waddle, mm-hmm. four catches, 61 yards touchdown against the Patriots and Devontae Smith again six catches 71 yards touchdown against you know for Philly that against the Falcons I mean these rookie wideouts pretty decent numbers for the top three names this week yeah, I'll be the first to admit I got super duped when it came to Jamar Chase. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I just didn't see that one coming at all. It seems like they were putting on this big joke the whole time about, oh, he can't yes. see the ball. The stripes on it are different. The ball's bigger. What is he doing? And, you know, I'll be the first to admit, you know, that one that one I had wrong. And maybe he'll be OK because he was on the field or at least he was targeted uh, much more than the likes of uh, someone like Tyler Boyd, who I thought was going to interfere. Now, Jamar Chase actually led the Bengals in snap share 90 percent and had the most passing down snaps, the most targeted. Targets. And I always like to look at usage in fantasy. You know, you can look at the final box score line, but, uh, you know, things like Snapshare, the snaps, the air yards, targets, target share, all these types of things have more predictive value than what happened last week. So for, for that, for that reason, I mean, I think, uh, I think Chase could possibly be continuing this. Um, now part of that T Higgins got a little banged up. He kind of came yeah. back. So he was okay. Um, let's see how the other rookie receivers waddle. I'm not completely sold on. Yes. He was second in snap share for the dolphins and he was tied with Devonte Parker for the most passing snaps. Um, so he's out there on the field. He's definitely getting his opportunities, but remember that, 
that uh, Will both Will Fuller and even Preston Williams. Now I'm oh, not. I don't right, think yeah. Preston Williams will be a huge fantasy factor, but he's not going to sit on the bench the entire game. And Will Fuller is their big play guy for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get out there. I think he'll match that 80% snap share, and then we'll kind of see what happens to Waddle after that. Devonte Smith was number one on the team in snap share, passing snaps, target share. Um, you know, I was a big Jalen Rager guy, and yeah. he got his for sure. He got his touchdown, and uh, and you know that was looking good. But Devonte Smith, he might actually be the real deal too. You know, we dismiss. I was maybe a little bit too dismissive of rookie wide receivers after last year, given you know there there was no camp because of the COVID situation. It was all virtual. You know, I think these reps came through, and you know, there's some there's some solid talents in here. So so definitely Smith and Chase. Uh, I'll, I'll be bumping up. You know, the the season long ranking moving forward and while we're on the eagles we may also talk about uh you know their offensive performance against the falcons uh, everyone uh, seemed to put up those decent numbers in week one for that eagles offense they were definitely eagles fly uh week one yeah yeah definitely a, a fantasy carnival there they have got uh a, t- a lot of good players and uh, uh jalen hurts is starting to look like the real deal i don't want to praise him too too much yep, because yep. i think the falcons defense is going to be pretty soft i wouldn't be surprised if they're a bottom 10 defense at the end of the year but they've got a lot of viable fantasy options you know starting with smith i mentioned rager the two tight end sets that they like to run i think that'll you know we'll see a lot of goddard and a lot of Ertz if his hamstring injury is okay didn't see so much Ertz this week but you know kind of goddard he he got in there here and um and there's just, there's a lot to like here, especially with this running quarterback. And even in the backfield, you know, Miles Sanders played a good game. And the other big takeaway is Kenneth Gainwell. That's another waiver guy, not to spoil waivers too much yeah. later on. But <laughs> he's a sneaky guy that if you don't get your top two picks, maybe put a backup bid or a backup claim on someone like Gainwell. Because, you know, Miles Sanders, we've seen him miss a couple games or get slowly phased out. But the clear number two was Gainwell. It was not Boston Scott. Boston Scott was hardly on the field. Um, so Gainwell is someone that, you know, at least in dynasty leagues, you were thinking about as a you know a sleeper pick or, or somewhere in the middle, but uh, now he's suddenly becoming relevant in uh, in those redraft formats. And also, I mean, the Cardinals' offense, Kyler Murray looking pretty dang good uh, right out of the gate. I mean, that was another surprise of Week One, just how much dominant they were against uh, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially you know on the road here, I would not have picked them to win that game, but they they got out there and the, and, and they pulled away. I mean, you know DeAndre Hopkins. It's almost like did you all forget? You yep, know DeAndre yep. Hopkins. You know people are, are are ranking him behind you know Hill and Adams and you know maybe even Ridley and Diggs here in the rankings. But he's going to be the most reliable fantasy receiver you get. I mean. A.J. Green was still on the field for 80% of snaps. Didn't really get that much. Christian Kirk's po- going to be a popular waiver wire pick because he found the end zone twice. He's going to be, I'll warn you right now, I mean, his the his end of season stat line is going to look good, but it's going to be a roller coaster week to week. You know, he'll he'll have good games and he'll have down games. And and even Rondell Moore, who I wasn't sure about, you know, in terms of rookie receivers, you know, the kind of diminutive for an NFL receiver, he looks athletic out there. So, uh, I mean, this Cardinals offense, I mean, would it shock me if Murray finished as quarterback one? Not one bit. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into waiver wire uh, for this week now, uh, picking them up. Now, this thing, we'll, we'll lead into this because obviously the San Francisco backfield, it was you, Mostert, you know, he was going to get maybe the bulk share carries early on, but Trey Sermon, you thought, is the popular name. And then he was inactive week one. So we're like, okay, what's going on there? What yep. what do we make of this uh, 49ers backfield situation? And, you know, on the waiver wire, who should we pick up? 
Yeah, so I, I think you have to go straight to Elijah Mitchell first. I mean, he is okay. the guy uh, that is going to be the number one claim on just about every, I mean, I mean, almost everywhere you look, and he should be the number one claim in your league, especially if you were a Mostert guy, because now Mostert's going to be out for the entire season. He opted to have that season-ending surgery. And uh, you look at the, uh, I mean, you just look at the distribution, you know, against the Lions. Now, granted, a pretty soft matchup, which is perfect for these running backs, which, of course, I started Raheem Mostert everywhere I had him. You know, yep. that was that was. <laughs> Contributed to a rough uh, week one, but you know uh, Mitchell on there. You know, sixty four percent of the snaps, nine nineteen carries compared to one. I mean, Mitchell's a four three forty guy. He's actually more similar to what Mostert does than a guy than what uh, someone like Trey Sermon does. So I would be shocked if Trey Sermon was inactive this week. I think he profiles maybe as a little bit better between the tackle runner, but I still think Elijah Mitchell is going to get the bulk of the snap share. And Kyle Shanahan just loves that guy that. Once you get outside, you have that breakaway speed and find the end zone. And uh, Mitchell definitely is that guy, that speed. He's going to love it. I expect him to lead the backfield for the foreseeable future. Will there maybe be a point down the road where Trey Sermon, as he gets more experience, I'm not giving up on the guy quite yet. You know, I, I think he can still be a fantasy guy. I'm, I, in the waiver wire show I did, we're not uh, mm-hmm. we're not putting Sermon on the drop list anyway just yet. Okay. But uh, but Mitchell has definitely done enough to be the number one pickup in all of fantasy this week. And another guy too, Zach Moss. I mean, he was a surprise and active for Buffalo. You know, with Devin Singletary up there running. I, I just mm-hmm. I, I drafted Moss too because I thought, well, he's definitely going to see some action this year. I just I thought, you know, the way they drafted him and yeah. held him in regard, I thought, okay. But then I saw, you know, people were starting mm-hmm. to drop him a little bit. So where do we stand on him? Do we wait maybe to pick him up or just see how this develops in Buffalo? What What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that must have been one of the best kept secrets from uh, the beat writers and analysts <laughs> everywhere all year long. Because if you look at, you know, if you look at ADP average draft position in the most popular and the highest stakes like the NFFC fantasy football leagues, Moss was ahead of Singletary yeah. pretty much from February all the way through September. I mean, there was never really a doubt about that, that Moss was uh, supposed to be the number one back there. And then he comes out and he has a healthy scratch. Now, I start to wonder, I haven't. I still haven't seen a real good reason come out for this necessarily. I know he had ankle surgery in January, missed some time this offseason. Maybe they don't think he's quite there yet. Um, you know, And he's also thought of as a decent pass blocker, and that was a little bit of an area of a struggle. But if you look at the breakdown here, it looks like Devin Singletary's the guy. I'm going to probably hang on to Moss for one more week, and I might even think about sneaking him into the waiver queue for next week, just in case, because he's got as much upside as some of these backs here. But this was Singletary's backfield, and uh, not only did he he play, he played 86% of the snaps on first down, and even with Breida active, you know, they thought maybe Breida was going to be better than Moss. Uh, Singletary played eight or 10 of 18 third down snaps, too, so he was pretty much the every down back. Do I expect that... Uh, that trend to continue the entire time? Probably not, but uh, I absolutely think his stock is rising here. And uh, if uh, we redrafted today, obviously Moss would be two, three rounds down and Singletary would be as high as maybe a sixth, seventh round picks, maybe even higher. All right. Other waiver wire finds that come to mind after a week one. Now, obviously, uh, depending on your league, mm-hmm. your, your, your system, you're probably done for this week with the pickups. But in the future, maybe next week or just keep an eye on who are some of the guys uh, right now, a couple of them that, that come to mind. Yeah. So I'll start by recapping, you know, some of the guys that we hit uh Earlier in the show, you know, I, I alluded to Jameis, you know, on the waiver wire show that uh, Joe and I do every Tuesday, you know, on the YouTube channel, we yeah. always try to think of guys less than 50% rostered in leagues and Jameis still isn't quite there. So he was, uh, he was one of the top pickups because I think he'll be productive throughout the year. Uh, we mentioned, I mentioned Elijah Mitchell, number one overall. Um, 
Mark Ingram, a small bid. Yeah. I mean, that usage you can't ignore, but I am a little hesitant on being able to rely on him as RB2. So he's a guy that I'm going to probably let league mates overbid on, but he's still on the radar. If you can get him, I don't know, we use we use FAB, free agent acquisition budget in most of our leagues. So I usually speak in terms of like percentage of your $100 FAB budget. Yeah, He would be like a $1 to $3 player. And then uh, Kenneth Gainwell, of course, uh, I, I like uh, I like two for Philly because you know, we haven't necessarily seen Miles Sanders go a whole season yet. And even if he does, Philly likes to split up the uh, splits up the snap and target share out of that backfield. And Kenneth Gainwell looked good in week one. So Gainwell is really the biggest sleeper kind of waiver for me that you can mm-hmm. probably get for a little bit cheaper. Maybe might not even have to use your number one waiver wire claim on and he can be part of your roster. And then uh, I'll throw out a, 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 fa- a fast receiver run. I mean, I talked about Kirk already. Sterling Shepard had a team high nine targets and had a very good game for the Giants. He should be on your radar. Denver, you have to think about Jerry Judy yeah. uh, going on IAR, probably going to miss, you know, four to six weeks. The popular thing, I sweep every, you know, reputable source I can think of in fantasy when it comes to waiver wire because I'm deathly afraid of missing someone on the show. And I was actually surprised to see Tim Patrick be the number one recommended option there in Denver. Um, You know, he... He has been a consistent fantasy producer, but I think the one that people are missing out on is KJ Hamler. And I wouldn't mind yeah. throwing a dart, taking a flyer, whatever you want to call on him. Uh, you know, if you were a Badger fan, you maybe remembered seeing him a little bit of him at Penn State. He was a second round draft. People kind of forget about him. He would have had just as good of a line as someone like Judy. He remember he just he dropped that deep ball. And, you know, as Packer fans, we all we all know from, you know, Valdez Scantling that 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 those issues can be fixed and that trust can be re-earned a little bit. So, you know, if he catches that deep wide open deep ball for a touchdown, uh, the stat line looks different. We're talking about KJ Hamler as the top uh, uh, over overall wide receiver pick, but not quite this week. And then to monitor, I'm looking at KJ Osborne from Minnesota. He had a pretty good target share and snap share this week. I know he's the third guy, but they don't really have a tight end in that system anymore with all the injuries. I'm looking at Cedric Wilson following the Michael Gallup injury and Hunter Renfro actually had a pretty nice volume headed his, his way in the Monday night game. So uh, those are some backs and receivers that I'm, uh, you know, kind of monitoring for this week. Time now for studs and duds. All right, let's get to week two. We're all calling it studs and duds for running backs, quarterback, wide receivers. Who do you think? I'll let you start off a stud running back. What matchup do you like this week? All right, let's see what we have here. Um, you know, it's really easy. To, I talked about Aaron Jones. We have him as the number two running back. Yep. He's the guy we talked, but I'm going to go a little further down the list. Um, you know, if you didn't watch the Bears on Monday night, I thought he David Montgomery looked pretty good. You know, he was getting over two thirds of the snaps. He had that breakaway speed and, uh, and Cincinnati hasn't necessarily... The, their run defense has been historically soft. So we have David Montgomery from the Bears as a top 10 running back this week. He's definitely a player whose stock, stock is rising here heading into week two. I'm going with a stud running back. Melvin Gordon, I'll pick against Jacksonville in that matchup. I know he had the 70-yard run mm-hmm. against the Giants because it was pretty pedestrian before that. But the Jags gave up the fourth most rushing yards last week. And I... He seems he's one of these guys that he can get on streaks here. He has pretty good performances for like two, three weeks mm-hmm. in a row. And I I I know Denver, we weren't sure how they're gonna use the running backs that backfield. He'd be split in time, but I'm gonna roll with Melvin Gordon as my stud here in week uh two. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that both Melvin Gordon and his counterpart, Javante Williams, are both very, very startable this week, uh, given the matchup. They actually split snaps right down the middle, and Javante Williams even got a few more carries here. Um, Melvin Gordon was used a little bit more in the passing game, but both of those players, given this matchup, are going to be... 
are going to be highly productive here in this upcoming week. All right, dud running back for uh, week one. I- I'll start off with the duds. So, so we'll go okay. uh, Clyde edwards Hilaire. I just don't. Oh, dang it. You got mine. See, <laughs> great minds think alike. I, exactly. I just I don't like this matchup against Baltimore. You know they gave up only 82 yards on the ground against uh, Oakland. Yeah, they gave up two touchdowns to Jacobs, but again, those were pretty close goal line mm-hmm. area. And again, Edwards Hilaire, I don't know if he would be the goal line back or not in Kansas City. And I, it just looks like throw, 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 especially with that Ravens defense giving up a lot of passing yards mm-hmm. in uh, Week One. So I I don't like him in Week Two here. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's a tough matchup, and you definitely see guys with mobile quarterbacks see less targets from the running backs. Now everybody is mobile to some degree these days, almost. Yeah. But you know, Mahomes is going to take off and run with it. You know, similar to you know Jackson Hurts, Murray, he'll take off and run with it instead of dumping it off. That's his play to do it. So that detracts a little bit from the value here. You know, and you're almost depending on maybe he gets a red zone carry or a play designed for him. But it's a tough Baltimore matchup. I'll give you that. I'm going to pivot over to a guy that we have just inside the top twenty. Now, listen, I'm still high on Saquon Barkley's season long. You know. Yeah. He, he looks he handled the workload seemingly fine here, but there are a few red flags about here. We haven't ranked number 19 overall in running backs. So technically he's RB2. You'd have you'd be hard pressed to bench him and you might just have to tough it out. But you really got to temper expectations because this Washington defensive line, I think the defensive line group, if you rank this, just that group is number one in the entire league. And you also have to remember that this is the Thursday night game. So it's a short turnaround for Saquon Barkley. I don't know if he's going to get full, full workload here. You know, he was estimated as a limited participant in Tuesday's walkthrough. I wouldn't be surprised if he was limited all week long in practice and uh, and doesn't necessarily get the same amount of touches that we would hope against this tough defensive front. All right, stud quarterbacks, do you want me to take the floor first or, you're, or do you want to go first? Oh, go, go, go ahead. Paul. I'm going to go with Ryan Tannenhill just because I think he, it's got to balance out. He's got to have a bounce back game. I go. I know they're against the Seahawks and, uh, you know, they did pretty good week one against the Colts defensively. And I know that was their big Achilles heel mm-hmm. as past defense last year. So they may have improved there. It's going to be on the road against Seattle. So I just think it's got to balance out. I know Derrick Henry's going to, they're going to feed him this week, but I think Tannenhill maybe can get you a three touchdowns this week or, you know, two or three along that line. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I think it's a bounce back game for Tannenhill. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and take a bounce back game from Justin Herbert. Uh, yeah. He's got the Cowboys this week. Obviously we saw Tom Brady kind of carve him up a little bit, but I don't have a ton of confidence in that Dallas secondary. And also I say bounce back because Herbert had a very average fantasy game against Washington, but the Washington defense is one that I think is being slept on. I mentioned that, you know, my analysis for Saquon Barkley this week, uh, I think he gets a much better matchup this week and Herbert's you know his weapons look fine Mike Williams looks like a new guy out there he's got a healthy Eckler uh this could be you know a 25 30 point fantasy game from Herbert in the start of uh of a top of, of a top 10 quarterback campaign here all right who's a dud at quarterback I'll let you go first on this one all right so you know we touched on the Falcons offense a little bit and I think they still have weapons and I'm not too worried about those guys but but Matt Ryan, we've bumped down, you know, well outside of QB1 territory here. I know Dak looked okay against Tampa Bay, but I'm going to give that credit more to Dak than anything else in week one. Tampa Bay has a tough defense here. Matt Ryan's not going to be able to rely on a, on, on a run game, and he's definitely much less mobile than Dak. So I think he'll struggle pretty big against Tampa Bay. 
All right. I we praised this guy earlier in the show, but I'm I'm dudding him this week. Jalen Hurts against the 49ers. And people are like, well, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> they gave up a lot of passing yards to the to the Lions. Well, a lot of that was in garbage time. What I would consider garbage time because yep. they had that big lead in that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, they gave up 314 passing yards, but I think that 49ers defense, pretty stout, tough. Obviously, they're gonna have to defend against the run with Hurts, but I I don't think he's gonna have a big Game. He'll have a productive game, but I, I think they will keep him in t- check this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who's to say garbage time can't happen here either? Yeah. I think, you yeah. know, the, obviously the ru- the rushing brings his floor up quite a bit. We still have him ranked as a QB1, but just barely. He's QB11 on our list this week. All right, stud wide receiver. I'm going to kind of piggyback off of you with uh, the Herbert pick. I'm going Keenan Allen versus Cowboys. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's got to be, right? Yep. Gave up the third most pass mm-hmm. yards last week, that Cowboys defense. And I think, you know, not that Keenan Allen was going to have an average game or anything by that, but I, I think he's going to have a real good game coming up this week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was the guy that I had highlighted, definitely. So we're, we're thinking on the same page <laughs> of this one. I was going to pair him up. Keenan Allen is just so reliable over yeah. the years. I mean, how long have you guys been playing fantasy and how long has he continued to be a reception, a PPR machine, especially? Uh, you know, now he has one of the better quarterback situations I think that he's had in years. He's going to be an absolute stud. For my, for my stud, I'm going to go ahead and recycle my week one pick. I have to go back to CeeDee Lamb yeah. uh, and the other side of this matchup. You know, if you play, uh, if you're playing any DFS like uh, on those sites like that, you kind of want to stack a quarterback and receiver, but you also want to get a receiver from the other team hoping that game, you know, is a, uh, is a shootout. And I think CeeDee Lamb, you know, Amari Cooper was the star of the show here in week one. You know, he got so much volume. He was right back to his old self that everyone recommends. But I think Cooper stays pretty stagnant here in terms of the amount of looks he gets while CD lamb takes a bump up and, you know, maybe a little bit of Cedric Wilson, but with Gallup out Gallup was being a move the chains guy for so much in that game. So not only can CD lamb have, you know, a big play, you know, he can take any slant to the house just with his breakaway speed, but he'll also get more volume this week and that'll help him, uh, you know, continue to rack up what's going to be, what's going to be an outstanding sophomore season where if there's little doubt in my mind, he finishes as a top 10 wide receiver. And my dud wide receiver for this week, I'm going to roll with, Mike Evans versus the Falcons, and this is why. I'm just, I saw week one, Antonio Brown now a full year in that system with Brady. Gronk obviously back. Uh, Godwin as well. I I hate to say it, but yeah, he, I think he loses targets and everything else, and Brady's got more trust in these other guys right now. So I, Mike Evans for right now, mm-hmm. and I know it's a favorable matchup against the Falcons, but I just, I see him as the odd man out right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was odd because Mike Evans, you know, was on the field the second most among wide receivers. He hardly left the field. It was yeah. a ninety four percent snap share, but he was still he was fourth on the team in targets. So Brady's just not looking his way now. That could that could always change with the game plan, but he's definitely you know I I'm not benching him in my fourteen team three wide receiver league. But, yeah, you know another bad week and then you have to start having that conversation for sure. Um, my, my dud wide receiver, I have to look uh, to the Washington football team and I'm pretty worried about Terry McLaurin. Now after, you know, and I'm a little concerned, you know, full year on too, because, you know, Taylor Heineke, after he came in after the Fitzpatrick injury, and it's looking like it might be Taylor Heineke for a good six to eight game stretch here. Um, he was kind of forcing the ball to McLaurin. Obviously there's a down, a a downturn in accuracy there. Um, I'm a little bit worried about, uh, you know, McLaurin getting, you know, accurate balls, big plays, and and even some of the move the chain stuff here. So uh, again, I expect the volume to maybe make him a playable guy, but he's not, I mean, 
going into the season, he was definitely a top 20 receiver. Week two, he's very borderline a top 20 receiver, if that. So uh, I'd be a little bit worried about them until I see a full week of planning, you know, with Taylor Heineke and how that looks. And finally this week, I mean, we talked about it at the top, the Packers, that rough performance against the Saints. Got the Lions, Monday night football, the home opener at Lambeau. How do you see it shaking out? Man, Paul, Vegas never lies here. We've got the Packers as an 11-point favorite, so they're pretty much brushing off you know, everything that happened yeah. here in week one. I'm going to go ahead and count you know, with the extra game this year. I'm going to count week one as basically their preseason week. There were a whole lot of things that didn't go right, a lot of breaks. I'm worried about the defense. I'm not going to lie, Paul. The defense uh, is seems like the inside linebacking group, you know, is young, a little inexperienced. You know, the, the whole new system that they've got going there definitely seems like it has some kinks to look to work out. And DeAndre Swift is absolutely a stock rising running back. We were worried about, you know, what what Jamal Williams is going to run, cut into his yeah. workload and, you know, coming off, you know, a little bit of injury, being banged up, not getting a ton of camp camp reps now some of his production was in garbage time but he is dangerous in the open field catching passes and you know that's where Kamara was burning us quite a bit especially in the first half so I don't know if I have confidence in the Packers to cover necessarily because of you know this offense and a little bit of garbage time but I do think they're going to get the job done at home because because if they don't then I don't know if we can run back the relax mantra anymore <laughs> but I think we see a bounce back game across the uh, across the board for for all Packers I think both backs you know Jones and Dylan could have productive fantasy days if you find yourself stuck with injuries and you miss the waiver wire you know maybe maybe Dylan could, could get in mm-hmm. on some of that action but but definitely Devontae Adams, you know, big time target game, MVS, maybe even Tanyan gets involved a little bit. I, I, it'll be a good fantasy day and, and, and a great game for the Packers. Once again, Jake Latarski, rotowire.com. You can follow him at Roto Jake. And again, that waiver wire podcast. When is that again? It drops Tuesdays, right? Yep. Yeah, we go live every Tuesday morning, uh, about 10, 15, 10, 30 a.m. Central Time. And you know, we want to make sure we give you guys plenty of time to make those decisions. I know a lot of leagues run their waiver wire Tuesday night. Just YouTube.com slash RotoWire. It'll be one of the top videos up on there. Um, and of course, RotoWire.com slash try. You know, it's a subscription site, but all these... Every time I'm referring to, uh, you know, these snap shares, uh, it's put together. This data is put together in a beautiful manner. And if you ever want to check it out, you don't need a credit card. You can try out the site for free for 10 days. So thank you very much for letting me let me have that and for having me on another week, Paul. Yeah. And I also got to say, when their injuries pop out of nowhere, like Gus Edwards or other things like that, go to rotowire.com because they definitely can help you out. Mm -hmm. Set the lineup and who you should target because you guys were right on it again when that happened last week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, following the main account on Twitter, we have a Fantasy News Center app to get you uh, notifications if you're an iOS person. And, uh, you know, there are also you can import your league on the site, too, and it gives you kind of custom recommendations and you can set up alerts for your player news. So we have a variety of ways to get you the latest information. That's where it started, you know, 20, 25 years ago. We started off as a pure player news company. It's evolved a lot since then. But uh, that's the bread and butter is player news. We've got NFL guys, you know, scouring the news wires all day long to get you the latest. Well, Jake, again, thanks for your time, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, Paul. Good luck in all your matchups this week. And uh, listeners out there, best of luck to you guys as well. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.